Welcome to Music Forever, a podcast by the New Horizons International Music Association. I am Irene Cohen. Paula Sousa is a flute and piccolo player in the Eastman Rochester New Horizons Band in Rochester, New York. She has been active at an administrative level of her band and joined the board of directors of NIMA in 2022. Paula shares her love for music and her involvement in New Horizons programming, including the Play It Forward program that was started by members of the Eastman Rochester New Horizons Band to support young, talented children in their community. She describes the origins of the New Horizons movement in Rochester. Paula and I met at the 2023 Cincinnati NIMA Band Camp. Hello, Paula. Welcome to Music Forever podcast. It's, it's absolutely great being here with you. So, Paula, tell us a little bit about your New Horizons experience and, and ultimately how you ended up playing music. I'm the daughter of a music teacher, and I remember when I was little that we had a turntable and I had a collection of, I want to say, probably 78 RPM records because we're going back to the early 1950s. And I remember listening to Peter and the Wolf and Hansel and Gretel because I loved the part where Gretel invited Hansel to dance with her. Brother, come and dance with me. And he replies, I would dance, but don't know how, when to step or when to bow. And she leads him through the steps. And I remember, um, especially to Peter and the Wolf, I just loved listening to the instruments. And my dad also had a collection of records that were popular tunes of the day. And I remember, I'm pretty sure it was Rosemary Cloney who used to sing, Come Out of My House. That was just one of my favorites. So, I mean, that was the beginning of my love for music. Amazing how early that starts in life. Yes. Isn't it? So yeah. many people say that. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, my dad would always sing songs to me. And one of one of my favorites was Jeepers Creepers, Where'd You Get Those Peepers? Gosh, oh, gee, how, where'd you get those eyes? And later in life, I... Riding in my car, I had serious radio, and I like to listen to tunes of the 40s. And I'm finding that a lot of the songs and the sayings my father said to me were tunes from the 40s. Um, yesterday upon the stair, I saw a man that wasn't there. He was there again today. Gee, I wish he'd go away. And that's actually a song from the 40s. Did you play an instrument when you were a child? I started on the recorder, and, I, and then in... Fifth and sixth grade, I played clarinet. By seventh grade, I decided I wanted to try the flute. Then an oboe came along. And I have to add here, my father was my first music teacher. Okay. So he was the general, and he was the music teacher in the town where I grew up. Um, so he decided I should play the oboe when the school got, got an oboe. I played it for a couple of years, but I had braces, and it was tough because I kept break, breaking the reeds, and I didn't like the sound I got. So by the time I got to, I think... The end of 10th grade or the beginning of 11th, I said, I've had enough of the oboe. Can I please go back to the flute? Mm -hmm. So, and at that point in time, I, I thought I would probably major in music. So my parents bought me my first own flute. Still own it. 
think it was my senior year in high school, a friend and I were invited to join a community band in Utica where I was going to school and living. And um, this particular band, it was called the Red Band, and it played at church feasts. Pretty much when I got married, um, I didn't play for a few years until um, I joined the church that I'm in now, and they um, were beginning to have a church band. So I played. I did play by myself. I played some of the solos I had. Yeah, it was when my kids were probably around 11 or 12, I set, really got involved in playing in church. You continued to have this really positive connection with music. Mm -hmm. And were you at any point a soloist or did you typically play with a larger group? I'm not really a soloist. I played, played a solo on stage in my senior year of high school. But no, it's almost, it's been with a group. And, and that sort of brings us maybe to the whole notion of New Horizons mm -hmm. and how you found out about New Horizons and, and what happened after that. I actually read just a brief article in the ARP, I think it's called American Association of Retired People. Okay, once you're 51 years old, you get an invitation from ARP to join. I read just this brief article about this program called New Horizons. It was started in Rochester, New York. I was teaching preschool. I had three-year-olds, and one of my children's mom was a music teacher. She brought a steel drum into class one day, and I took my flute in, and we played some music for the children. And she said, you get nice sound. And my partner plays in the Kodak concert band. You need to go and play with them. I'll tell them you're coming. It's all volunteer. Just go down. They'll, they'll be looking for you. So I joined them. And then one of the flute players said, you need to join the Rochester Flute Association Flute Choir. And the conductor was a flute teacher. And I said, well, I need to take lessons. Laura, can I take lessons? So I started lessons with her, and I think probably the first or second time I went in for a lesson, she says, let me show you the music that I'm working with, with the flute section at New Horizons. I see. And I went, really? New Horizons? A few months later, in January, I headed out to my first rehearsal at New Horizons, and I've been there since 2014. It was supposed to happen. <laughs> Rochester New Horizons band obviously has a special place in our heart. Tell, tell us, for those people who really don't know much about it, why is Rochester important in the world of New Horizons? Well, because that's where it was started. In December of 1990, Professor Roy Ernst wrote a letter in our two newspapers and invited people. If you've ever played an instrument or would you like to play an instrument, call me. And he had a response of about 30 or 35 people. Between 1991 and the year 2000, it just expanded. It really did explode. He traveled across the country to start new groups. What's wonderful about Rochester is that we are under the umbrella of the University of Rochester through Eastman Music School and the Eastman Community Music School. We get mentors that are seniors at the school or they're going for their master's degree. We have mentors that come in and work with the sections of the band. We have three levels of band. We have the green band, which is for people who are beginning or wish to come back. We have the intermediate band for people who, they don't want to play really difficult music yet. And then we have our advanced band. We have 14 ensembles in Rochester. We have a chorus and green strings and full string orchestra and a full orchestra. We have now a, a green jazz group. 
We have a big band and a jazz ensemble. We have a chorus. We have a sax ensemble. We have a flute ensemble, which I play in. We have antique brass. We have brasso profundo. I think I got them all. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. Yes. <laughs> Clearly, it all started in, in Rochester, New York. Yeah. You have a very large band. You're very lucky to have a lot of mentors and people who can teach you. Mm -hmm. um, and, and approximately how many people are involved? I know before pandemic, we were at 200. Right. You have the last name Sousa. People are the, going to ask the automatic question, are you related to the Sousa who writes the most amazing marches? So any connections, Paula? We've not seriously looked into it. All I can say is that John Philip Sousa's parents came from Portugal to this country. My husband's grandparents came from Portugal to this country. He's not shown an interest in doing the research, but I have. I'm, I'm interested in finding out. But Maybe. people ask all the time. All the time. <laughs> I, I have heard people ask you here too. Yeah. So it, it and I, I know I have asked you. Now, as you started to play more and more in the band, you, you also started to get an administrative role, is my understanding. The band council was just for the band. The program council were all the other ensembles. And there was talk for years of combining them. Before that process started, the chairperson came to me and said, I would like you to take my place. She said, you, you just seemed very well organized. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and part, of course, a very important part of New Horizons is the friendships, the socialization, and the things start happening to us beyond making music. Right. So uh, tell us a little bit what, what New Horizons has meant for you that way. Oh, I've made many, many friends. It's just, it's a family. It really is a family. And I think this, I mean, and that was Roy's thing. He was really big on the social issue. Take the break, have some coffee, have some cookies, take mm -hmm. your 20 minutes and make friends. And I mean, and you've, you've got friends that you, when you come to camp with them or you you, know, you, you go out and socialize with them. Yep. It's a big family. We all care for each other. We watch out for each other. That is so yeah. wonderful to hear because of course, there are many people in the bands who are going through things in life, mm -hmm. not just the birthday parties, but also other things. Mm -hmm. And um, a New Horizons group can mean so much, not just playing the music, but the actual socialization. and. Yeah, I agree. We have cookies and coffee, too, in our band. That's how I got to know people. Yeah. Are you performing for special events? Um, are there yes. concerts that you remember that were right. joyful? But uh, what, what happens with, well, with our symphonic band is we usually have a concert. By the end of October, we're ready for one. Then we do, or October, November, then we do one for the holidays near Christmas and Hanukkah time. Then we don't. As, as a band, don't do a complete performance again until the very end of the year. We're very, very lucky that we get to do it in Eastman Theater in Kodak Hall, which is where our local symphony orchestra yes. plays. Mm -hmm. But the big band and the jazz ensemble and the clarinet choir and the smaller groups reach out to local um, senior living complexes and nursing homes in the winter, there's the winter fest where the smaller ensembles all take part. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the chorus sings and uh, the orchestra plays. And this is all within the uh, Eastman School of Music. We do our winter fest and we do our spring fest. And 
I get the dates mixed up. There's something we do in March, I think. That is where we're encouraged to make our own little groups. And then there's the Spring Fest, which is an Eastman thing where the ensembles play again. The chorus goes out and does things too. They're out there performing at, at different venues. Very busy Some schedule. And we do, we do. We really do try to keep busy and keep active in the community. Mm-hmm. And for many years, we had what we called the Play It Forward program. Play It Forward program was designed so that we could reach the children. The, the main focus is for these children who show promising musical talent to audition and get into Eastman's Pathways program which can lead to their having a total musical education and get a degree. And I don't want to misspeak, but it it was also recommend the children train out for SOTA, which is our School of the Arts. And then before pandemic, there were groups of us that would go to schools that we were working with and tutor the children. Like I would go in and work with a couple of flute players or a couple of clarinet players, and that gave the children more attention. Because, you know, in the schools in in, um, in the United States, children go in and they can go in in groups of five or six to a lesson. Mm-hmm. And the teacher's got to work. You know, it's, it's a small group, but it's still more advantageous if it's two or three in a group. I see. So you were mentoring the children mm-hmm. to, to improve their playing mm-hmm. so that in, in the hope that they would go higher up for going to the, the music programs at Eastman. Right. We have a Roy Ernst study scholarship now that goes out to one student in the city. That student has to be recommended, and then the committee chooses who's going to do it, and they get to go to the Adventure Music Camp. Mm-hmm. The Play It Forward, Forward program also offers scholarships for that. So really, New Horizons has expanded into the community. It's not just for people who want to play music again. You're also it is also carrying over to the younger generations, mm-hmm. and that is a exactly. wonderful story. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, Paula, you're also a, a director of the board of the New Horizons International Music Association. Yeah. Maybe you can explain sort of what the difference is and 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 what your board work has been like. I'm on I'm on the uh, finance committee and the membership committee, and of course, the membership committee is getting ready for our big membership drive this fall. To me, what new, what the New Horizons International Board is, it's a growing, living thing that's just working very hard at reaching out and, and inviting people to join in a wonderful organization. I mean, the, the virtual classes that came about because of the pandemic are wonderful. And of course, if you're a member, many of them are free. I think my favorite two in the past couple of years have been the one on the Beatles and the circus music. You're just learning so many different interesting things about the world of music, things that you just don't stop and think about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I mean, the board, everybody has been so welcoming. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's just a lot of fun. I just think it's a vital growing organization. Yeah. We just want to keep it going. New Horizons uh, groups are also in Canada, of course, mm-hmm. and but also in Australia, and um, I believe there's one in Ireland. So mm-hmm. yes, it's expanding, and and we continue to get requests from people uh, who would like to start a New Horizons group uh, in their area. And all you need to do is go to the website at um, newhorizonsmusic.org. 
So go to the website. You can um, get the information how to start a new band or, or string orchestra or choral group uh, under the New Horizons umbrella. And um, um, you can also find out about all the events that are taking place. The live band camps that uh, NIMA is organizing, but also the uh, virtual programs that Paula was talking about. What would you tell people who are perhaps listening to this podcast and would like to join a music group again or for the first time in their life? What would you tell them? Just do it. Pick up your instrument, go to, go sit in on a new, on a new horizons rehearsal. I would suggest tr listening to a more advanced group and then going and listen to the green group because we're very welcoming. You do not have to take lessons. There are tutors that will help you. I know in our green band, we have two conductors, which are both retired music teachers and they work in small groups. It's just amazing. And I have talked with people who recently stepped forward and gave it a go, and they just love it. In fact, two years ago, I talked my brother-in-law into joining. He said, guess what I did? I bought a clarinet. And I said, I didn't even know you played. He said, I played in high school. And I said, boy, have I got the group for you. And I said, here's the music stand. Get yourself a beginning book. He was already using his, his uh, computer to look up, up fingerings and notes. And I said, and you come down to, to uh, the Unitarian Church in September. I'll show you where to go. Just go. And he, he just watched me. He goes, I love it. I absolutely love it. He says, they're so helpful. They're so much fun. Mm -hmm. So just don't hesitate. Just go because I'm sure that all of the groups out there have a beginning beginning band, beginning strings. And if you want to learn to sing, see if there's a chorus. Yes. It's just one of the most welcoming programs I've ever experienced. And I tell people everywhere, just, just do it. Don't hesitate. You're never too old. There you go. The wise words from Paula Sousa. I would like to thank you, Paula, for, uh, for, do, for giving this information mm -hmm. and for talking a little bit about your own musical journey. Um, it's been very rich, and you've also been active um, in your own group at many different levels, but also with the international organization. Um, and uh, thank you for all the hours that you spent helping others and getting others involved, because without people like you, this wouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. So thank you very, very much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. find out more about Paula's New Horizons band in Rochester, please go to www.rocnewhorizons.org. Music for this podcast by Mary Riddle, Swag On. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Music Forever. If you are interested to be interviewed for this podcast, please email us at nimapodcast at gmail.com. That is N-H-I-M-A podcast at gmail.com. See you next time.